one man, one mission to rid the world of low standard and mediocre acting once and for all. Brian Timoney, the world's leading authority on method acting, brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques in his special acting podcasts. It's Brian Timoney's World of Acting, Unplugged and Unleashed. Hi, it's Brian Timoney here, and welcome on to today's show, and I'm joined by Cameron Jack. So welcome, Cameron. Hello, Brian. So, um, Cameron, we go away, long back (laughs) way, if that's the right term, but um, basically, um, Cameron's a a director and an actor, so you've been on both sides of the fence, and Cameron, and and actually, Cameron directed me many moons ago on um, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Can I just say at this juncture, Brian, you were wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Flattery is going to get you everywhere. Um, or ten quid. <laughs> so um, Cameron's from uh, well, we, you, we're from the same part of the world, Cameron, yeah, aren't we? Glasgow, from yeah. Glasgow. Um, and um, yeah, we've you know we've known each other a while. And but one must of the things nine eight nine years now. Yeah, it must be yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now one of the things that you we have talked about recently that mm-hmm. has been of great interest to me is your transformation yes because since we've met you know I'm, we met each other at that point but I would say probably over the I don't know is it over the last two or three years two years yeah, yeah. you've went through quite a transformation mm. from the point of view of you had a you decided as, a, as an actor mm. that you wanted to sort of transform yourself yeah and go for very specific types of roles yeah and, and be looked at in a certain way mm-hmm. from in, ca- in the casting that's uh, exactly works. right that's that kind of defines it perfectly yeah so Tell us a little bit about the before and after. So I guess yeah. it's like what because what, you've you were in the, you've been in the industry a long time. Yeah, twenty. Then, I tr- started training in ninety two, so including the training is twenty three years. And I swear to God, it's flown past. Yeah. I can't believe where it's gone. Um, a good place to start would be the training. Actually, um, I trained in musical theatre uh, at Mount View Theatre School. Um, I won a scholarship there. My major strength when I was late teens early 20s was singing a terrible dancer but I did enough to kind of get by on that front when I went there um I spent most of the time trying to switch from the musical theater course to the acting course because I thought what they were doing was more interesting now I have to say and with the utmost seriousness there ain't a more difficult discipline in the world for an actor than musical theater because you're singing you're dancing and you're acting it never floated my boats as much as doing a contemporary play or even a Shakespeare. So I spent this <laughs> two and a half to three years trying to switch over and they wouldn't let me. When I came out of college in 95, um, I was lucky enough to do Shakespeare and, and do some telly, but I had this sort of other career in the 90s where I, I did a lot of West End shows. I spent six years in the West End. I did Les Mis, I did We Will Rock You. And I was happy to be working steadily and earning money, but at the back of my mind, I was thinking, this isn't what I want to do. Um, I'll say again, I knew I was fortunate to be working. Um, I had a lot of mates that I went to college with that weren't as fortunate as me. But I always thought there's something else out there. You know, the way my the way my brain was wired up was much more. I was much more interested in TV and film and straight plays. But it's a very difficult transition to go from musical theatre to um, to TV and film. Mm. Um, very dependent on the agent, and I'm fortunate enough that I got the right agent at, at Felix the Wolf. So. About four year, three, three to four years ago, I was on a tour of a very well-known musical 
with a very well-known, I'm being diplomatic here, Brian, with a very well-known producer. And I started to feel like I was going through the school gates every morning, the food chain, you know, it was very authoritarian. And I just thought, do you know what? I'm, I'm done. Um, I was on the road for a year with it, worked at the Barbican, which was lovely. And um, I spoke to the agent and I said, I want to switch over. She said, it's it's tricky, Cameron. You know, you have done a bit of TV, you've done a film, but they were years ago. It's not, it's not like a, a, it doesn't flow, so you're going to have to reinvent yourself. And then the worst thing and the best thing happened. I got rushed into hospital. Um, coming up for two years ago um, I had a stomach ulcer which burst which was down to diet um, lifestyle um, stress and I had kind of found a little niche as I kind of gone to seed pasty Glaswegian who was slightly overweight who would start a fight in the pub but never be physically capable of finishing it <laughs> So, uh, which is like me in real life so I was like I, it sounds a bit kind of wanky for want of a better word but I was lying in a hospital bed and I just had a bit of an epiphany I thought I want to be playing soldiers ex-soldiers boxers military so I just decided to change it and I went full throttle once I'd recovered and it was a serious I was in hospital for two weeks um, and had some very unpleasant procedures lost a lot of blood so it took me about three months to get back on my feet but I threw myself into um, like physically developing my body to make people see me differently and when you do that as an actor there's like a transitionary phase that is very difficult it, I would say just plucking it out the air that would take about six months for a casting director to get used to the idea that you aren't kind of what you were before mm-hmm. now where I think we were fortunate as actors is I've the in, the accent's interesting it's a bit edgy um, I'm 5'6 I'm covered in tattoos as you can see so I just thought there's going to be a little niche for me and I was just sick really of sitting in the corner um, being drunk and playing these kind of sad you know characters that had a life force that was spent and I wanted to change it because I thought I just I just want to try something else um I still do get called in for things that that I would have done a long time ago I got called in yesterday for a massive Broadway musical that's coming over next year great part the money would be phenomenal but I turned it down because it's not me anymore mm-hmm. um and I still get called in for things on the casting brief that would say, like, he's slightly overweight, he's a bit chubby, um, which I get really offended by. <laughs> but what happened was I did, I managed to, Rebecca Wright cast me in Silent Witness late last year as an ex-SAS soldier. It was a great part. It wasn't every scene. There was only maybe 10, 12 scenes in the two episodes that I was in. But it kind of reinvented me a little bit and um, I'm currently filming in Romania playing another sort of military character. The other thing I did, aside from the nutrition and the weight training and I've become a kind of fanatic about it and I find it fascinating. It's like acting. There's so many different facets and ways to do it. Um, The other thing I did was about a year ago I found a kickboxing teacher who was a Romanian champion and I always felt like bodily... Um, unaware on set I, I never really knew how to throw a punch or a kick 
or to kind of scrap properly. So um, I've been doing that a year. I say to younger actors, learn a new discipline every year. Um, some of them are a bit apathetic. Yeah, 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 you know. Um, but that's what I do. Um, next, it's horse riding. Then it's first aid for obvious reasons, paramedics, you know, mm. military uh doctors, stuff like that. Um, and then I would like to learn to shoot properly mm. um, just so that I'm used to handling mm. weapons on set. Yeah. So I did it. I kind of reinvented myself um, and I got to where I wanted to go. I do six days a week training, but there's not a moment where it feels like, I, obviously, I was tired this morning. I was saying to you before we came in, I was in the gym at seven this morning for an hour and a half to two hours. I'm on this bodybuilding programme. Of course, there's effort involved, but because I'm playing the long game, and also, Brian, the endorphin release. Actors mm. can sit, wait on the phone ringing, blame their agent for the fact that it's not happening, and they get depressed. And to me, it also gives me structure while I'm waiting on the right jobs coming in. Yeah. That's it. No, That I, was long-winded, <laughs> wasn't it? No, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I find this fascinating. Well, you knew me when I was... When I was, you know, kind of not as healthy as I am now. Yeah, yeah, and it, I, I think that it's, it was so clever because I think you're right. I think that sometimes actors can get into the, um, the you know, fall into the mistake of you're right, waiting for the the phone mm. to ring, and but it was so clever to put yourself in a niche. I think I'll because, tell you. Sorry yeah, to interrupt you. I'll tell you something very interesting. My flatmate at the time. Uh, my tenant was an actor mm. and after bless him Phil had um, he found me lying on the floor heard me hit the deck the morning I got rushed into hospital and my blood pressure dropped to 37 I was in a hell of a state if Phil hadn't been there God knows what would have happened when I'd recovered Phil had this strategy for me Phil said what you need to do is to let yourself go put on weight get pasty he said look at people like um you know bob hoskins he said he wasn't in shape and i said i know where you're coming from but i don't want to of course we would all love bob hoskins career but you can only sort of choose your path so we'd we had a couple of arguments about it and i said i believe the way forward for me is the opposite it's to get really really fit and look a lot of brian a lot of what i go for is it's about being physically imposing Mm -hmm. um, and just looking like I was in for a, an ad last week actually Joe Ferreira was in for it as well right. um, you always panic when Joe comes in because <laughs> you, you know he's going to get it yeah. um, it was great seeing him um, but she said to me what 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 are your the casting director Belinda Norcliffe said to me what are your martial arts like I said well I kickbox she said well you look like I wouldn't mess with you you know and of course you know I'm a nice geezer but that was the plan really just to take it to a different place mm. God knows what I would be like if I had to instantly lose it or, 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 or do it over three to four weeks that would be another challenge that I'd quite like to try actually mm. no I, I, I think it yeah. is very clever because the um and it's funny how it happened when it happened as well, because I think that sometimes, you know, you get to a point where something happens. I'd, and also, kinda... I'd also just turn 40 as well. I right. think that was part of it. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of, you, at the point you think, right, this is um, time to try something different, a new phase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also going for a very specific type, mm. you know, and, and put the amount the amount of effort you put into that cannot be underestimated, just purely from the point of view of getting your body into the position mm. where, it, where it could be 
seen in that light. Yeah. And dedicating yourself so much to it and saying, look, this is where I want to go. You've a very clear vision and picture. Totally, yeah. Right? And taking that to mm. the your agent yeah. and, and putting it Who out there. Who was brilliant with it. Um, yeah. I have to say, I, I mean, it took... It probably took to get to where I want to get to, wanted to get to, probably took about a year and a half. Now, my agent's fiance, who you've met, yeah. um, he came to the last uh, uh, showcase. Um, Mark Killeen, brilliant actor, uh, he's an ex boxer. And Mark was the first person that kind of retrained me. So, Wendy, because she lives with Mark, is very aware of this sort of discipline that some actors have about the gym being, you know, a kind of, it's a kind of safe haven. It, it just does so much for me. It drives my missus. It drives Maisie crazy because, um, well, that rhymes, um, <laughs> because six days a week, if I'm on holiday, there's got to be a gym there. I'm going to Wales on Saturday to see Maisie and Little Shop of Horrors. I'm there two days. I've said, find me a gym. I train in Romania when I'm filming. I'm going to Texas later this uh, early next month and I've told my mate who's emigrated there I said I'm there 10 days I'll train 8 to 9 days out of the 10 mm. it's more than a bodily choice it's mentally it's it kind of keeps you it keeps you sane and it keeps you motivated I think mm. you know and it's now become a really important part of your career massive right? Yeah. so it's not actually a choice now it's part no. it's a lifestyle as well it's a way of yeah. living and it's, it's it's what you are now it's yeah. a package that you bring I'll tell you what O'Brien this will interest you and this will particularly interest you as two Scots sitting here mm. um, I haven't quite I haven't quite nailed the dietary side of it Um Scots We are notoriously yeah. known for being Well we're notoriously I don't know whether it's genetic But um, That's improved tenfold But I could go further with that um, it, I suppose if you look at the logistics of it um, I, Although I'm quite big and muscular I still It helps me work wise To carry Just a little bit of bulk I think mm. I, It would look pretty weird If I had a kind of Eight pack yeah. But um but I could probably work harder on the dietary side. But what happens is, that if a, if a job tends to come in, I got cast in Hollyoaks earlier this year, and I had to play a drug dealer, and he asked me to lose, I think it was between a quarter of a stone and half a stone. So in the space of a week, I went on this crazy diet. So I can do it, but I would probably say I could, I could take that further. It's like acting, there's always massive room for improvement. Yeah, well, it's, it's continuous. Yeah. And it, but, um, so, yeah, it's, it, uh, the idea as well of having a niche, you know, and being very clear about that, because I think that when a lot of people look at themselves as an actor, mm. it can be very general. I think that yeah. they're thinking, I'll take any part and, you know, I can fit any, you know, I'll, I'll fit into like any that. role. It doesn't, doesn't work, work like, like that. that. You're right. Because no. I think anyway, when people walk in, mm. whether they realise or not, they are they are getting put into a certain area. Absolutely. Um, and it happens in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s and your 70s. It's the beauty of acting. You never retire. But you, with all due respect to casting directors, they do an amazing job. Never to be underestimated. It's a very difficult job. What they want to do is to put the best people in front of directors and producers, especially on big projects. Um, and I believe to a degree, you have to spoon feed them a little. You have to, if they want an ex-soldier, you've got to look like an ex-soldier. If they want an ex-boxer, you've got to look like an ex-boxer. Um, with Again, with all due respect, they perhaps don't have 
a huge imagination. When you're an actor with an incredible profile like a Johnny Depp or a Benedict Cumberbatch or, you know, a Keira Knightley, then you can perhaps say, well, I don't want to do that. I want to try something else. But when you're a jobbing actor like me, it's just about finding a niche. It's one of the best things you can do. Well, I I think it's really... Because, like you say, they're already... Casting directors are already... You're right, with all due respect. Mm. They're, they're, they're looking at every actor comes in the room and thinking, where do they fit? Yeah. And I think that um, you either make the choice as an actor to to show them where you fit, mm. or they will just fit you wherever they think. Yeah, or not at all. Or not at all. Yeah. It becomes too general. Too general, and, yeah. And I think that um, it's very clever and wise to actually get clear about what your type is yeah. and present that to them mm. you know there's a casting director in LA that um, that I see every time I, I see her twice a year yeah. when I go over there Victoria Burroughs who she cast massive casting ma- director massive character, yeah. casting director she discovered Johnny Depp Boy. and um, she she's got this thing about being able to do good whatever yeah. she says I want to, she says when people come in mm. she says if you can do good lawyer yeah, uh, she, you know, she says in an American accent. Mm. She says that 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 is really important. She says because yeah. when I'm I'm looking for, she says I, everything's so quick. I'm yeah. so busy. She says I don't have time to mess around. She says yeah. but if somebody comes in, she says, I can do great lawyer. Yeah. She said that is a, a gift to me. She says it's really easy to put you in. And that then you category. become a go-to person for that casting director. Yeah. But some people don't want to do that because they think that it gets into this realms of typecast and are putting you in a certain bracket. I think those but, people are more likely to sit and wait on the phone ringing. Yeah, I you totally know? agree. Yeah. I, I think it's it's really silly because mm. um, you we want you want to get out there and get the credits and get the work, and Absolutely. then after that, if yeah. the, you want to you know take in a different direction, but yeah. actually she tells this interesting story. Um, it, it was a quite a famous actually. You probably um, you wouldn't know her if you you saw a picture yeah, of her yeah, particularly, yeah. but she's she's done a lot of work. Laura, Prolific, yeah. Her name's Laura Laura Kaiwe. Mm. And she she was always cast in these roles of wearing uh, she's very tall and slim yeah. and very beautiful and she was all cast in these roles where she's got to be uh, wearing her bikini or underwear <laughs> yeah. she says she said all the time i was being asked to do these roles yeah, but, and yeah. i ended up bikini and underwear yeah and she said but um she, you know she went she met um um uh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino mm. and she actually just met him on a social yeah. occasion and she were having, they were having a chat about politics and different yeah, stuff yeah. but anyway they kind of got to know each other cool. and he said you know what I would, I'm going to cast you in something one yeah. day right? and oh she my says, god and she said oh, brilliant right <laughs> she got really excited she says that's fine but just one one promise don't put me in underwear or bikini <laughs> he said I promise you yeah yeah and then I, she did actually do end up doing a job with him yeah. and guess what he did put her in yeah. a, a bikini or something but you're not like going to say no to him are yeah. you so he, he said look sorry about this but yeah. the next thing we do we, you know we, you won't be so anyway she did the job and then a few years later she ended up playing um, she was in Django Unchained opposite yeah. uh, DiCaprio playing his sister wow. so it, it paid off yeah, it is all I'm saying off. you know what I mean it I always like, say to young actors I sound like an old fart play the long game you know I mean but the other thing is if you yeah, like that actress you've just mentioned, you might be going, oh, not again, but you're out there, you're working, you're making contacts, another casting director's cast you, you're working with great producers and directors. Um, it's just about getting out there. And if, if that's in a niche sort of market, it's better than being stuck at home. 
Yeah, and it also gives you the platform to kind of because once you get known, once somebody casts you, yeah. the director works with you, yeah. then they kind of and this goes this happens a lot with famous actors. They then yeah. start to think. How else could I use this actor? Could, yeah. uh, could they do another type Two of role? Two examples. Uh, Ray Winston, yeah. who plays a lot of you know different kind of characters now, but started off as a hard man, if you like. Um, and also, I think Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, mm. playing things early on, like Stephen Hawking and stuff. He's he's playing lots of interesting characters. He's doing CGI on The Hobbit. It's that uh, that having a profile buys you that choice, but. Um, it's, again, without sounding like an old fart, I always say to young actors, you need to have a strategy. You can't wander aimlessly hoping that everything's going to fall into place. It does for some people, but it's a minute percentage. Um, give them what they want and work as hard as possible to get there. That's my advice to people. Good advice, Cameron. Good advice. So, uh, let's always good that. advice, Brian. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this show. So, um, yeah, see you on the next one. Excellent. Thank you. You've been listening to Brian Timoney's World of Acting. For a full transcript of today's show, go to www.worldofacting.com. We'll see you next time.